Daniel chapter 10, verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Here's something just as we're passing through this. This isn't the crux of where I was praying this afternoon and the Lord just showed me this. And where we're going through, this isn't the crux of it. But just by the way, when Daniel is shown this vision, it says that he saw those around him realize something was happening, but they didn't catch it. And what you'll find in your life when God gives you a vision, when God gives you the vision of what he's going to use you for and do with you, that while you have the vision, not everyone are going to be able to see it. They see something moving in it. They see some ripples from it. There's some effect of it but they won't always catch it. And what they do is they run and hide because they just don't understand it. Don't understand the things that God's doing, and so they want to get out of the road. But notice this, Daniel, he says, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. And then in verse 8 he says, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. Reminds me of Adam in the Garden of Eden. When the Lord came looking for him, he hid himself because he knew in the presence of God he couldn't stand. And that's what you find that people who are unsaved, they hide themselves in the darkness. People who are not walking right with God run and hide themselves. Backsliders hide themselves away from the presence of God And what they're trying to do is cover that shame which they have brought upon themselves. And here even Daniel finds himself left alone and he saw the vision. Notice how the man who prayed three times a day, notice how he felt in the presence of God. And there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. When God came, or when God shows him the vision, it wasn't a, isn't this wonderful, this is going to be so easy. He felt like he was crumbling inside. He couldn't stand, he couldn't bear the very vision himself, he thought. And it shows us in ourselves that we're so weak. Unless God gives us the strength, we can't carry it out. We can't do it. And even the man and the woman who feel that they're, So spiritual. You can come and you can say how spiritual you are and how unspiritual everybody else is, but do you see whenever the Lord comes, it really shows you who's spiritual and who isn't? Even Daniel says, there was no strength in me. My comeliness, everything that I thought was good, my praying wouldn't miss it three times a day. The old saying is, dare to be a Daniel. All of that just went to rubbish. It melted in the presence of the Lord. So do you ever wonder, do you ever think that how on earth is someone going to stand before God on that day? If, you're not, if someone's not saved, and I know we're all saved here at this 
uh, study tonight, but if someone even listening to this isn't saved, how do they expect to stand before God when a man like Daniel felt like this in God's presence? How will the backslider stand before God if they're found in that state? If a man in touch with God and uh, praying three times a day, seeking God's face, taking his stand against evil dictatorship, even this man, Daniel, away out there in Babylon, he feels he's turning to corruption. The only way you and I will be able to stand is because we'll be washed in the blood. The only way you and I will be able to stand is because we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's the only way we can stand. And yet the unsaved and the backslider, they, they're, the backslider is marring their garments. And they'll stand there with marred garments before God. And the unsaved will stand without a garment, a wedding garment on. And the Lord says they'll be cast out of the kingdom. Daniel says here, Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in deep, in deep, in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me and set me upon my knees, upon the palms of my hands. So Daniel's flat out on his face. He's just out for the count. The word of God landed Daniel right on his face. And I wonder how much at times, I'm counting myself here and say us, how, how does the word of, God, word of God affect us? Do we come week by week and hear the word morning and night? And, and that's great. But how does it affect us? Do I study week by week? And I'm, I'm questioning myself. Sunday night we preached on the four square gospel and started to rebuild that altar. And this is where this brought me to today. I got on my knees in my study. I didn't even want to sit at my desk to read. And I sat that on a wee stool that I have. And I just started reading the scriptures and the Lord started speaking to, speaking to me. And I was, I was reading and I was praying and I was reading. And the Lord was telling me, son, sometimes your altar's not right. Sometimes your altar is ill. It needs healed. You need to be here building it up before me. Because there's times when God wants to bless and God wants to move, but we've allowed our altars of our heart to be broken down. The prayer altar, the worship altar, the giving altar, the sacrificial altar. And this is where I got this from just this afternoon. He says in, in verse 9, And yet I heard the voice of his words. Notice the voice of his words. It's not just any words. These words were living words. You know what this word is? This word is the Lord Jesus Christ. He actually heard the Lord Jesus Christ, the voice of his words. It says in verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, which sat me upon my knees, upon the palms of my hands. So he's flat out on his face, and he gets on his hands and his knees. This man still can't stand in the presence that the Lord's shown him of this vision. If you were to go to the, we'll not go to it now, but in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, John Oh, and the Isle of Patmos is caught up in the vision. And John says that, that he fell at the feet of the risen Christ as though he was dead. And Christ lays his hand on him and says, Arise. It's only by the hand of God, the merciful, gracious touch of God's hand in our life, that we're even able to get, in, get off the ground and onto our hands and knees. But now we're so standing upright in the presence of God 
we feel that we can stand all on our own all the time, but in our weakness, we must see that really we should be prostrated and let him lift us up. Not to elevate ourselves, but to let him lift us up. Instead of coming down on our hands and knees, Daniel was on his face coming up to his hands and knees. Can you see the difference here in how we have come? Ah, it's Old Testament, people say, yeah. But you know, Jesus even fell on his face in the garden and prayed. He fell on his face in the garden. Verse 11, And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Now he's on his feet. You see that? His face, his hands and knees, he's on his feet. He's on his face, on his hands and knees, now he's on his feet. I think it's tremendous to think that we tend to go the other way. Well, we're here, we're going to go onto our hands and knees, Lord, if you, if you manage to, to work that into us. Daniel went right down onto his face. When the presence of God is with us, I wonder how many of us in all honesty of heart would say, you know, I'd love to get on prostrate myself in the ground before God. And I wonder how many would, and I wonder how many would think, you know what? If, if I done that, or if he does that, or she does that, that then they must be nuts. Daniel couldn't even stand in the presence of God. So he's on his face, he's on his hands and knees, and now he's on his feet. And he's trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand that chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But this is the crux where I want you to get to. We're going to look at a couple of other scriptures before we have a time of prayer. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One and twenty days, But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now notice this. The kingdom of Persia, or the prince of the king of Persia, was a real king. But what we're talking about here is in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm. There's principalities and powers in heavenly places. That means in the air, in the atmosphere. I remember one time a man came to me about about five years, six years ago, just about yeah, about about five and a half years ago. And it was near the time we were doing the tent in the school in Donnacloney. A thousand seater tent, we group of people, and it was filled and God healed and done marvelous things in it. And this man came up and he says Thus saith the Lord, there is a demon, a dark demon prince hovering over this village. You will go through much, but it will be defeated. And one Sunday morning, I get up and change the message I was to preach after that. And I'll tell you when it was. I'm trying to count back now. It was Sunday, Sunday morning, the the 2nd of December. Tell you how I remember. I got up and the Lord says, this is the word you have to bring. I thought I was bringing it for someone else, but the Lord was giving it to me. 
And it was this, was the main scripture. It's all recorded. It can still be downloaded. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I thought, why am I going to, why am I going to preach this? I've already got the message. And I preached the thing, and this was for someone and didn't realize it was for myself. Or by that, by that evening, I'd received a phone call. My sister, younger one, Heather, was in hospital. Within hours, Elaine, the older one, was found dead in bed. And while we're burying Heather, or Elaine, Heather taken ill and we buried her within a couple of days. And I said, what's happening here? My dad takes off. Everything seemed to be going wrong. And I remember that word, it was a dark prince. But you're going to get the victory. And you know, things like that really stick. Because then I lost my dad. And here's the thing. It doesn't, I don't mean it doesn't matter. Get it in the right context. See whatever comes your way. If We can talk about people who have hurt us and discouraged us and annoyed us or all that sort of stuff. And that happens. All of us get that. Nothing should drive you away from Christ. No one should take you away from him. And I remember at one time I was saying, Lord, you're going to have to help me because I can't bear this. I was trying to carry the wheel of the church at the time. I can't bear this. And I kept remembering that. And the Lord showed me a vision. And I never told Alison for weeks. Actually, I haven't really told really anybody but Alison and Pastor McConnell because I didn't know what to do with it. I was down by a river. And he says, son, this is what it is. And it just everything fitted into place for me. And I says, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm just going on with you. I'm just going on with you. You see, when you're given a vision, whether it's for ministry or for church life, or for whatever, from the Lord. Not everybody's going to get it. And you may have to go through it. But God will complete it and finish it in your life. Because it's from him. Now, as I was reading this, I seen how the prince of the kingdom of Persia, this dark prince, was trying to withhold the blessing, was trying to withhold the vision, was trying to keep back what God wanted. For Daniel and for, for Judah, who had been taken captive into Babylon, and the Jewish people that were out there at the time, he's going, if this happens, he's going to know the whole plan of God to, to allow them to come back into Jerusalem again. And so for 21 days, the devil in the, uh, in the spiritual realm tried to keep back the vision of God. But guess what? He cannot thwart the vision of God. He can't thwart God's plans. And so as I was reading this, I was thinking today, well, Lord, I mean, this is, this is good, but what, what do I tell people if it's, is there anywhere in the New Testament that the devil tries to do these things? Okay. If you turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 17. But we, brethren, 
being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. Paul's saying, I'm not with you now, but my heart is. Endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Now notice verse 18, wherefore, we would have come unto you. And Lord, we had desired to be with you. We really want to be there. Our hearts with you. Even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. But Satan hindered us. Don't let Satan discourage you from, from what God has for you. Don't let Satan discourage you. So I'm on my knees in my study and I have a wee wicker chair and I have my own big chair and I'm down on my knees and I near took, I took cramps on my ankles and everything. It was a, and I'm saying this and the Lord was saying, don't let Satan discourage you, son. Don't let Satan discourage you. And I was praying and then I was thinking something else and I read it and then I pray about that and I pray the word of the Lord again. And that's how we do a lot of it. You know, just praying, read a bit and pray, read a bit and pray. Pray about this, Lord. I want to ask you about this. Don't let Satan discourage you. Don't let him think by hindering you, it's not going to happen. For if he can hinder you long enough, you might give up. Now, you might give up, but I'll tell you something. The vision of God doesn't. The word of God doesn't. The plan of God doesn't. And the purpose of God doesn't. And that's the word that came to me. Verse 19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Turn with me to Luke's Gospel, please. Chapter 22. Let your eye run down, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now notice here, he says, Simon, Simon. This is the way it reads in the original. For us to get a grasp of it. So Simon Peter's there with the other, uh, other disciples. He's looking at Simon, as it were, but he's speaking about all of them. So people think it's just, it's just Simon he's talking to here. He's actually talking to all of them, but his eyes are on Simon Peter. That's the way it reads here. So he's looking at Simon Peter, and he's going, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have, as it were, you all. But I, then turns to singular, I have prayed for you. Why? Why just him? Because of what he was going through. Because of what he was going to be. He's praying for all of us, but in this particular time, he's saying, but I have prayed for you. Because Simon's, Simon Peter's nature, he, he, he was one minute, he has one foot there, and then he's one foot away, and then he, he's going to do oh, this, and then he's not going to do that. You know, and, and all of this sort of nature he had. He can walk on water when he keeps his eyes on the Lord, but yet he, he cuts off a, a centurion servant's uh, the servants here, um, he's all gung-ho, and then the next thing, he's, he's denying the Lord. Simon, Simon, looking at him, behold, Satan 
hath desired to have you all. That's what we read. But I've prayed for thee. That thy faith fail not. Ah, oh, but it did fail, you might say, because it failed when Simon denied the Lord. No, 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 no. His courage failed. But his faith was always in Christ. When he denied the Lord, it wasn't that he didn't have faith in him. It was that his courage failed. Now let's be honest, how many of us have faith but our courage fails us? But I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, now Simon Peter was already converted to him. The idea here is not converted in the sense from darkness to light, but when you come through this, he says, strengthen your brethren, you'll have something of a vision, something of a plan that they don't have. That was the idea of it. And Christ knew it before it even happened. Last one is in Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16. That's where I run down to verse 21. Matthew 16 verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now notice what's happening here. Jesus began to show his disciples how he himself must go to Jerusalem. He must be arrested, be crucified, he'll die, suffer, suffer under Pontius Pilate, and then be put in a grave but he'll rise again. This is, here's the vision. I'm going through it, but I'll rise again. Peter, through the, what we think is the right heart, or what he may think is the right heart, no, Lord, you're not going to Jerusalem to do that. Now notice what Christ says in verse 23. But he turned and said unto Simon, unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, hindering, hindering the work and the vision of God. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus would look at this man, Simon Peter, and say, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't speaking to Simon Peter as such. He was speaking to the spirit that was manipulating him. We have to remember at times when people are angry, violent, bitter, or if they're even thinking the best, but it's not the things that God wants. It's other spirits that are manipulating them. And they're allowing it to happen because of their temperaments, because of their mood. They allow it to happen. So what do we do about it? We pray for them. We pray for them. I know I said that was the last for scripture. Let me do one more. Turn to the epistle of Jude. The epistle of Jude. Just before the book of Revelation. And I know... 
And look, and I'm not saying anything to be big doctrinal thing about, you know, people, we rebuke you, Satan, we rebuke you. Listen, you don't have to rebuke Satan. Just resist him and he'll flee. Submit yourself first to God and then just resist him. Lord, I'm just here for you. Lord, I don't care what they're doing. What's happening? What's going on in their lives or my life or whatever? Lord, I'm here for you. I don't care what demonic power's out there. I don't care what influence is behind it. I'm just keeping my eyes on you and I'm just loving you. I'm just, I'm just keeping focused on you. I'm loving you right through it all, Lord. I'm keeping my eyes through this sickness, through this thing that's happening in the family or in the church or whatever. I'm keeping my eyes on you alone, Jesus. And do you know what happens? You're submitting yourself to, to the Lord and you're just resisting the devil and he flees. But notice this. In verse 9, it says, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, and durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Michael didn't say, I rebuked thee. says, The Lord rebuked thee. So when I'm praying today, I was on my knees. And I says, Lord, see every demonic force that's coming against CET. See every angry, foul, bitter, dirty spirit that's coming up and raising its head against us. Lord, you rebuke it. You rebuke it. Look, my words mean nothing. But the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. And in our lives, our several separate lives, in our families, in our homes, those who are in a hospital, they rebuke you. And I know, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying against anyone who says that. I'm, I promise you I'm not. Even at times I might even say it myself. But really it's, you know what? Lord, rebuke him. <laughs> rebuke that spirit. Rebuke this. Rebuke this devil that's coming. And the Lord just does all the work. Just leave it with the Lord don't need to do anything. We don't need to argue. We don't need to fight. This devil of, of sickness that plagues people, just let the Lord do it. You just worship on. Keep worshiping him. Keep the heart sweet. Keep the love going. Remember what the Spirit said on Sunday morning, that we and you and I as brothers and sisters, we walk in unity hand in hand, foot with foot. And that's all I can remember. Usually I give an interpretation. I can't remember it. <laughs> but that's as far as I can remember. But I think that was Alice and it reminded me of it. And walk in love and love one another. And know we'll find that in that, the enemy flees. He doesn't like it. Oh, the demons and CET, they just stick together like a family and they love one another. Oh, I hate it, I'm going to wreck it. And then all of a sudden he just tries so hard. And he goes, ah, just, yeah, I'll leave him for a season. That's what happens. That's what happens. Let's pray for a while. Let's see.